Welcome to Get With The Programming, episode number three of our first series analyzing the CrossFit Games. I'm chasing him with Bill Grunler as we are getting set to analyze the 2009 CrossFit Games. And we have a special guest with us, and we can think of no one better, our good friend and the 2009 CrossFit Games champion, Tanya Wagner is joining the show today. So we're getting some first-hand analysis as well as someone who uh, kicked some ass all weekend there. Tanya, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. And Bill, I'm just just glad you're here anyway because we don't really get to hang out all that much anymore, you know? Bill, you sound really good. See you here and hear your voice. Good times. Hold on, hold on. I know, but let 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 me crack my beer. All right, now we're all drinking here together. I'm, Cheers, I'm everybody! Clinking Cheers. my. Cheers. There's my wine glass. Tanya's drinking a beer. Like I'm a, the only floozy okay. here drinking wine of the three of us. Oh man, seriously, Chase. Gosh, we are off to a great start. We are off to a great start. All right, guys. Hey, Tanya. As Bill said, gosh, it's good to see you getting the old crew back together again. Doing a little throwback. Uh, we were on a tech stream a second ago and Bill was just throwing out old videos of 2009 going down memory lane, which is pretty cool. And, and that's what we're going to get into. Um, a lot of what we're doing here for our get with the programming is analyzing the programming with an unbiased objective view to determine if we felt like the programming was adequate enough to test and prove that this was indeed the fittest man and woman at the CrossFit Games that year. Um, What I love that we have here now is we have someone who actually lived it, did the events as they were, and won it. So, Tanya, it's it's going to be great to have your perspective on that, um, especially from the ground level. Yeah. Well, and and just the fact that... You know, here we are going through the different years. We had that big discussion last year or the with the last episode with the 2008 and how much different that one is compared to this one. And Tanya was second in that one and first in this one. And so the fact that as an athlete, she can give us that comparison. I mean, we can sit here and do our numbers all day long and mm-hmm. we can go down the checklist and find out if, you know, it had the appropriate X, Ys and Zs in there. But I mean, here's, her body was the one that had to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> both times in, in both of the different tests. And, and I mean, and honestly, they were both different tests. Very different. There's a reason I went team in 2010. He would joke. We, had, we went down to this thing in IMG right after 2009. And he kept saying, like, you're coming back for individual. I'm like, hell no. No. I did, <laughs> I did 2009. I'm not coming back for individual. I'm done. Man. And, okay. So, but I, but I, but it's a big deal. Like this year, I think especially, mm-hmm. you know, there, there was such a big difference in what the last test was for 2008 that we talked about. You know, we, we said that our, at least my opinion was that it wasn't the test of the fittest person. It was who won the race. So it was the fastest, not the fittest, but the fastest on that one. But 2009, when, and we'll get into it piece by piece by piece, but this is literally the birth of the modern day CrossFit games. We have heavy duty volume. We have a lot of different things. We start having a lot of different athletes and the the way that it's set up is very similar to what you would see like today. I mean, like mm-hmm. I'm talking like 2019, you know, 2018, 2019, even with the cuts, um, it's man, it's right on track with that. It's just interesting. And with, you know, 2009 coming up in our, our episode here is Tanya, I actually want to get your quick thoughts on how you 
you know, 2008 was your first games. How long were you doing CrossFit before going into that CrossFit games? Uh, we started like November before, and that was, I guess, July. Was okay. So less than a year. Yeah, less than a year. Okay. So I didn't really know what I was doing yet for 2008. It was kind of like, let's go see if what this thing we're doing is CrossFit. And that's kind of going to be our test just to see if we're even doing it right. Because mm-hmm. we didn't know it doing it at the time so i didn't really we didn't go in with any expectations at all it was just to see if we could you know hang with other crossfitters just at least in the movement standards and like let's just see what a thruster looks like on a real person (laughs) 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 what are these things people are doing it was more like that now then 2009 obviously that was a whole different we we were there and then you're like oh hold on a second we are doing it we are doing it we're doing crossfit Mm -hmm. we really are so now Let's compete and push ourselves for a whole year of training. And, and, you know, doing it in a big way. So, you know, what Bill's touching on is that this kind of set the tone for the games moving forward all the way up to 2019 going to last year is that 2007, there were three events. 2008, there were four events. 2009, there were eight events. So you are doubling plus one of the past two years that they've had the CrossFit Games from 07 to 08 going into 2009. And, you know, it's funny is that we were just talking about this is that eight events, you know, Bill asked Tanya, he's like, oh, was that a two day or three day event? She's like, what well, was a two day event? And so they well, squeezed I, I, eight events in, in two days and, and what they did five events on day one and three on day two. I mean, that's just, yeah. I like crazy. I had to ask Tanya cause I, I'm looking on, I'm looking on the Wikipedia and it says, oh, yeah, on Saturday, there were, you know, it was these events on Saturday, this one on Sunday. And I'm like, what? Maybe whoever wrote this on Wikipedia was wrong. Cause I, I had five events in one day. And man, everyone, if you had two events the years before, it was like, oh, man, it's a heavy, it's a heavy loaded day. And the events that they had on day one, like if you made it through all the cuts, oh, my God. And you know what? Smashing your body. To your point is that this was the first year that they introduced cuts. Yep. All right, so that that does play a role in how things shake out, um, and into the end. So so let's get into it. Okay, so eight events to talk about. We've had two episodes, and we only talked about seven across the two. So this is going to be a pretty jam packed episode. And the weekend started off with event number one, and that is a seven k trail run. And is still at the ranch in Aromas. They did a 4K in 2007. They did that kind of 800 meter sprint in 2008 and said, hey, why not? Let's, I mean, you put a 7K out there trail run. To me, that is a massive undertaking to start the weekend. It was a lot. I mean, Dave announced it. We didn't know it until we had arrived in California, even the Friday before. And he announced it and just did these little video clips of him running sections of the run. And we're like, what, like, do we even have the right shoes? Like, are we, are we ready for this? Like, do we need, and it was like, you know, there's like, you don't know the terrain or like, or should we be like covered up with our legs? Like we're getting ripped up. So you have no idea. And it was like, the starts of like, wait a minute, we're not just going to do a run, a lift and a little Metcon. Like it was like, hold on. What are we, wait, this is the game now. So it was like, that was like the first start today. When we're starting with this, like I don't run long distance. Like is this, what are we doing? I, how's your body going to feel? So um, people really were dropping like flies even after that one, because nobody expected that. <laughs> at all. Well, and it, 
And it's crazy that they that that's the first event they had. When if you look at the 2008 games, everything was like sub five minutes. So I mean, we talked mm-hmm. about that in the last episode is how fast everything was, and we're obviously not testing the the fittest because we don't have that in there. But boom, event number one, slap you in the face with the long distance and trail run where people are crawling and sliding all over the place. And looking at event number one itself on the men's side, um, Chris Spieler wins event number one. The time it took him was 37.43. So the winning time in 2008 for the men was like 13.50. (laughs) Right? That is almost triple the, the amount of time that the 2008 games. Like, so when we say the 2008 games were incomplete, that is a glaring just flag of, of how it was. It, it was an incomplete test. And we're not going to belabor 2008 as we move into 2009. But when you look at that uh, 7K trail run, Chris Spieler for the men takes that event. And on the women's side, let me pull this up for the 7K. It is Sarah Dunsmore. Right, so she wins at a time of forty-one, forty-four. I mean, Tanya, like you said, is that think of what we've tested coming into this for the last two years, and you start off with an event that most people would have to train months for to do, let alone think that that's how the weekend is going to start. So I can't imagine your mindset um, after hearing that event. Yeah, we should, we're like, we stopped running long distances. We're CrossFitters now. Like, what, what the heck? We don't run. Like, we don't, yeah, we don't do this unless it's a 400 meter. Like, so yeah, there were, oh, there was people the entire weekend. Like, you want to talk about drama and people talk about drama with last year's games and the cuts and stuff like that. There's always been drama. At the game. <laughs> you don't think there was, you just weren't there. Like, honestly. Now, did um, you know the, all the events going in or were they introduced one at a time? Yeah, that was the Mets of the mind. The mental game he played with us that that year was the first, like, where you're like, oh, we're just Dave's puppets. Like, we're literally oh, his sweet. game pieces. Because he didn't tell us. That's you even knew better. One, one at a time. And you just would go back to the hangar, and you'd go in, and he'd, in his Dave fashion, all right, everybody come on over. And then he'd be like, and next you're going to do a deadlift ladder. Here's the order. And he'd slap your names out in the order from – Last place to first, you had to okay. line up and you stayed in line in the hangar until you went. You didn't know if you could go pee. You didn't know if you could go eat. <laughs> you nothing. All you knew was the workout. And then you'd watch it on the screen as to try to get some information until it was returned. But this is how the entire day went. Wow. It was like- and there was five events to do. I'm sure if anybody was like, if you didn't know, A, if you didn't know what's going on, it's crazy. B, you throw a 7K trail run out there. I'm sure 90% of the people thought, well, my games is over. I can't even complete this. And I'm supposed to do another workout after this? Well, you didn't know how many. And that was the whole thing. Like, Oh, you didn't even know how many you had? No. no. Oh, my Maybe. gosh. We didn't know anything, Chase. Like, this was the whole thing. You get there. I had my breakfast coffee with me. And literally, I left at bedtime at nine at night. And I'm like, what just happened to my body? Like, nobody knew it. They didn't even know it. They were building lights on top of the ranch. Like, they had to install lights that night because it was taking so long and getting so dark. And they had to make this whole big announcement for the cuts that night. Like, we're like, what's going on? Do they know what's going on? We don't know. Do they even know? People are building stuff. No, they don't know. We knew. It was the starts of like, this is incredible. 
It's frightening. It's incredible. This is only the tip of the iceberg. There has to be more to this, but like, this is not what we signed up for. This is not what it was last year. Are they trying to kill us? Like, is this a test? What is going on? Like, it was- that, yeah, I think, that, wow. I think that a lot of that kind of stuff, when it was coming out on a lot of the videos and things, that, that was the, that was the overall, at least for that year, that was the big statement was, is this too hard? We're not telling them anything. So like you get into like the very pure ideas of what CrossFit is, the unknown and unknowable. Mm-hmm. So like that becomes the that becomes the answer to any argument you have. Yeah, but what am I supposed to do? How many do I have? Well, you know, the unknown and unknowable. Okay. It's CrossFit. It's the unknown and unknowable. So when we're yeah. analyzing the programming over over the whole entire thing, right? We, we look at event one as event one and we don't analyze it good or bad based off what it is until we get to the end. But when you talk about the different mo- models to test fitness, that hopper model being one of them, yes, they used a hopper as event number one of the very first Cross the Games ever, ever, which was fantastic. But now the hopper model, what that really is, is the collective total of events that come out at the games. The games is the hopper is model. The hopper now it's model. not as random, but that's the whole point. So rarely are we ever going to see like hopper, 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 just because there, it would be too much variance and, or, or, or not enough, depending on what happens. So, um, so we look at event number one, monostructural straight run, um, over 20 minutes, as we said before, on the men's side, we have 37 winning time, 41 for the women. Uh, single modality task priority running is the only movement on there. So we move from event one and then we move to event two. And what we had there was uh, the deadlift ladder. So we went from this huge extreme to this like, oh my gosh, this long run, this is ridiculous to a one, well, a deadlift ladder. So I can't really say a max lift because it was one lift every 30 seconds. They increased 10 pounds every bar, which is a crazy tiny jumps. I mean, you guys went through a that's a lot crap of ton of barbells. <laughs> a lot of lifts. Men started yeah. at 315. Women started at what was it? 185. 185. Men stopped 185 at 505 and women at 375. And, and what's cool about well, what's just, great about that? Is, well, one, I mean, it's 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 ugly. It's an ugly mix. But that again, it goes right back to one of those basic ideas of, you know, you're going to find the fittest person when they can run a whatever mile and they can deadlift a whatever weight or back squat or whatever. We had that argument about if it was back squats or deadlift, whatever. But this is it. Can you go distance and then can you lift heavy? And I, I mean, the the mixture is so great that they repeated the exact same thing in the 26 games, the exact same deal. Granted, you had to raise the weights up because in this year, what was it like 11 guys or 12 guys all had 505 deadlifts? 16 guys guys. tied (laughs) at 505. Like, come on already, jeez. Now on the women's side, it was drastically different. Only one finished the ladder and that was Cindy Friedling at 375 and then next was 355 back from there but from first to 10th 375 and 315 a 60 pound difference we're on the men's side is down to 16 and and that that isn't surprising to me and you know tanya we've actually touched on this for the last two years is that you know women in the sport of crossfit i felt like we're 
further behind the men just because there wasn't as many. The training coming in was different than what most women trained prior to CrossFit. So, you know, we saw it a lot on, say, like uh, chest bar pull-ups in 2008 was a real crux on the women's side just because it wasn't something that they did abundantly at the time. And I think max and strength is is kind of one of those that you saw on the women's side when you look at this deadlift ladder. Yeah, it it really was. And back then, like just to that point for the women, we knew exactly like Cindy Freling, she was the strength woman. Um, Sarah Dunford, she was the runner. Like in, in the women's side, we had those, like you would do the gymnast, you knew the runners, you know, you know, strike athletes, but we weren't as well-rounded because we hadn't been doing CrossFit long enough to see those improvements. And we hadn't, um, we weren't as, as we had a lot more weaknesses. So for our side, we kind of knew how to play, play against each other, but we knew where people were going to rank and do better specifically because there's so many more holes. I feel like in our games on the women's side, it just, not we hadn't been doing it as long not that men had either but they could pick those other things up like you said they, they lifted more in their background or um they've done other other gymnastics and stuff body weight wasn't as big of a deal for them so for us it was really knowing like what your thing was as a female and it was like oh like that year was the possibility of maybe we can do a whole lot more maybe we're not as narrow as just that one person because we were seeing so many differences from 2008 to 2009 where it's mm-hmm. like oh i remember her from last year hold on, she can run this year. Hold on, wait, what's different? Like, there's just differences that you already saw, but we hadn't hadn't been around long enough for us to really get the full benefit of CrossFit. That's like that old school day of UFC, man, where you'd have oh, the yeah. boxer versus the jujitsu guy versus the wrestler versus the sumo wrestler. And then, you know, a handful of years later, everyone figured out that like, oh, I need to be able to punch. I need to be able to go to the ground. I need to be able to lift. I need to be able to do muscle ups. I need to be able to run. I need to be able to snatch, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like you're saying with the wording, like it matters, the hopper battle or like every second counts. Yeah, we're going as fast as we can. And now unknown unknowable. Yeah, you could throw that out. Like they kind of chose to like model and shape the image of CrossFit based on these things that they threw out. Mm-hmm. And punish the specialist. Well, crap. I'm not going to specialize then. I'm a crossfitter. I wore that chip on my shoulder. So I'm not going to specialize in this. Now the CrossFit Games, you have to specialize in everything. Like if yeah. you're not a CrossFit Games athlete, if you're not a specialist in mm-hmm. everything. But back then, if you, if I would have gotten a coach specifically for lifting, I would be like, look at Tanya Wagner. <laughs> what does she think she took? You know what I mean? Like we were CrossFit. Right. We were pure crossfitters mm-hmm. we wanted crossfit to be our training crossfit was what made us good at gymnastics movements what mm-hmm. made us better at metabolic conditioning made us better at strength it was because i did a lot of thrusters and clean and jerks I, it wasn't because i had a strength coach or because i had a powerlifting coach that kind of was the shift then later but then it was no you you were proud that you crossfit made me like this not all my coaches and my specialists right i like that All right, so we go from event one, which is the 7K trail run, to event number two, which is the deadlift ladder, which is just a max lift. You know, they had multiple lifts within there. And I think when you have, and and Tani, I really like what you said, is unknown and unknowable being the theme for this year because you didn't know how many events there were. You didn't know what the events were were going to be. And we've just went from one side of the spectrum to the other side of the spectrum, which is what they use in the level one seminars all the time, right? It's like you have your marathon runner and your your half Thor um, max deadlift guy. And we want to be the person in the middle, 
right? So we just hit both ends of the spectrum. So in terms of what we saw in 2008, I feel like I can already shed that just a little bit based on the direction we're going because now we went heavy, single modality again, very few reps, task priority, heavy day, deadlift. So we've gone through both sides of the spectrum. And as we move from event two to event number three, which might be one of the nastiest it, Tanya's, you guys can't see this because we're on a Zoom call, but Tanya's already smiling. The hill run sandbag sprint. I was like, oh, how bad could it be? Yeah, it's only 175 meters is what they wrote down. I have no idea what the actual distance is. And I'm pretty sure they didn't either because they never do. However, it's always an ish. It's it was an ish 70 there. pounds total for the men with two 35 pound sandbags and 35 pounds total for the women. And it was just a dead sprint up a hill. And if you talk to games athletes and, and Tanya can tell you yourself and we're going to let her is that most people who were there that year, that is the only event that they bring up as not just one that they bring up first, but if you ask them what the worst event they had ever done or most painful, I think to a T across the board, everyone talks about that event. It was horrible. You can't even explain the pain in your legs. Like you like try to block it out because it was it was hard. Like you felt like you got shot in your legs. Like you're just like what happened? In- <laughs> because people PR'd their deadlifts. Like you have to remember. So you do a seven k trail run. These hills are not just like rolling hills. They're like <laughs> straight up, straight like, up and straight down. Straight up, straight down. Your your hands, your posterior chain is absolutely blown up and then it's like all right three two one go pick up the sandbag it's not even just a sprint up the hill you're waiting so your calves all the way up to your butt cheeks are just you're on spot like it was horrible and as soon as you stop is when it like literally you just fell over people just, you could, we're getting rides down the hill because it was like you, you couldn't walk it was horrible it was a good one though. Looking back, did you, you know it was gonna? Did you know it was gonna hurt that bad? Oh my God, I mean, no. everybody everybody knows that. Like, okay, we're sprinting. This is gonna be back at sprints. Her. Well, think about waiting. the first time you rode the assault like, bike maxed out, Bill. Never seeing anyone who? do it. Just think about that. That's what I kind of I liken this to, right? Say, say someone came to you with an assault bike for the first time, and they said, "Do fifty cows as fast as you can." I, I, you know what I mean? I, I, I okay, see maybe that. It's in the, maybe it's in the realm, but like, okay. I just seems like if, if you, if you had no idea, you just, you just videos. send it, right? Well, yeah, everyone did. And if you watch the old school videos of these people going up this hill, everyone is so cool for like the first, like, I don't know. I'll give them halfway. Well, yeah, it's and then about- it looks like someone literally came out and shot them in the Achilles and they're wobbling all the way up the hill. Well, you're like, can't even get there. And then like, you like in watching it, and that was the whole thing because you're like, all right, well, good. We did these hills. We already ran these hills. Like, this is great. It's just one. So you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I got this. But you get to pick up the weight. And then people are dropping weights. You're like, all right, just hold the bag. Don't drop your weight because you're screwed if you drop the sandbags. Was there a rule against that? So it just you killed your time. So people okay. had to turn around and run and grab it and then go back. And people were fumbling with like how to get it up there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it over your shoulder and go. Those were sloppy then, sandbags. When you look at that, oh, it wasn't like it. Yeah, it just, I don't, and not many people, we weren't running with sandbags then yet. Like, we really weren't playing no. around with sandbags a whole lot. So, just picking up a sandbag, just basic equipment stuff, it just wasn't around as much. So, people were dropping. So, first it was like, get that, and then just, all right, once you got that sprint, and then all of a sudden your legs don't work. 
I can't lift you're like, well, <laughs> I don't know what to do now. Like, you just, you somebody and you're like, all right, I think they're actually coming backwards. So I think I can make up some ground here. <laughs> Man. So w- with that in mind, I, I'm looking at, kind of, let's look at the um, metabolic pathways. Right? You have your sub 10 second creatine phosphate, just blast furnace, max lift, max sprint, dead go. You have your oxidative, which is that long, slow burn, right? It kind of just goes into infinity. And then you have that very anaerobic uh, curve, which is two minutes, but it maxes out at about 60 seconds. And when you look at what just happened in the first three events, we have touched every single one of those that we did never expanded past in 2008. So right off the bat, just looking at the first three, I am happy where we are going. Now I'll say we don't know where we're going like they did, but I, man, just those three events back to back to back, I cannot imagine how that felt. And then sitting there, we know there's two more events to come. (laughs) They had no idea. I can only imagine how you, Tanya, how did, how did you feel after the third event? I, I can't even remember specifically then, but I know I got a lot of work done. They did have people in there doing work on us. And so like posterior, but it's just, God, just hamstrings. It was so fire. They were just fire. like, you don't do that much volume anyway, back then in 2009, people aren't doing that kind of volume in one day. So um, we were getting work on, worked on and stuff like that. But we did know the next event, which was a sledgehammer event. We oh, knew there was a sledgehammer. Yes. They leaked that out because they leaked out pieces. Okay. Okay. Exactly how or what that was going to be like. So we knew there was a sledge event because people the night before had gone to Home Depot trying to find a sledge. <laughs> so we didn't know it was coming up, but we didn't know basically each time they announced something. You're like, all right, well, it's not a sledge event. So whenever that is, but we don't really know. Okay. But that was the only thing that I forgot. We did know that one ahead Got of time. It. All right. So I'm going to give the athletes their due. Svenborn Svenbornsen wins the sandbag sprint at one minute and one second. Now the 10th place time was 108. So just a seven second spread. So what we're starting to see is, and, and with Sven Bornsen's name is like, there's a guy who is, I, I believe he's Swedish. Where is it? Swedish name. But this is where we start to get that international athletes coming in. And this is kind of the first year where that started to happen that we didn't have in 2007, really in 2008. On the women's side, oh, who who's this name? Never oh, heard this name before. Annie who, uh, Thor's oh, that's daughter, that Iceland girl. That's that Iceland girl. Hang on, and Svenborn was her was her training partner. They trained. Oh, okay. Svenborn Sven was he was Icelandic. So okay, okay. And when they both took this event, I started. Talking wow. About, How the heck did you guys do this? Like, but that's when she told me they did boot camp mm. and they do this kind of stuff all the time. So sandbags and run like that is completely up their alley. And that's what they did because we're like, how the heck did you like? How did you guys do that? <laughs> they both and they they both crushed. Oh, they did crushed. Yes, and they're like, what? What? Like, what? Are you not wrecked like we are? So that was interesting. But like, that was the first time we we're like, whoa, this little Iceland girl. Mm-hmm. This little this little Iceland. And what what was she? Eighteen at the time. Oh man, just as thick as that. Turtle shell, turtle shell, still. Devon was like, uh, I didn't know what was under her shirt. And then I was like, oh, it's her abs. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. it's, all, it's sticking out. Like, are you okay? 
All right. So Annie Thorsodder gets her very first CrossFit Games event win in 2009. And then we'll move from event three to event number four. And Tanya just touched on it. The Sledgehammer event. Now, this this got a lot of press, public, I would say, scrutiny maybe for the first time. It was it was a true kind of like one of those... Um, say like the sandbag event at the games where it was it was more just outside the box kind of a feel. So it was a 500 meter row, one stake drive into the ground. I think the stake length for men was four feet, women it was three feet, and then a 500 meter row. So still a very fast paced event. Um, and when you think buckling two ends of this uh, one movement with a 500 meter row, it just sounds horrible to me. It doesn't matter what you put in the middle. Um, but that threw a lot of people it's off like, for a loop because I think there were um, there were way too many variables. And, and, Tanya, am I correct? Like, did they not take the stakes out from previous heats? No, they left them all in because they had had the ground specifically made like packed down so that it was even, even for the most part, mm-hmm. as best as they could. So, but they couldn't take them back out. So, no, they were there. They were there for years, actually. No. But, like, no, they um they were still there, but yeah. So you had to go around them, and so that was there was oh there was drama about that because well depending on where your stake was and where they had you go, if there was more people and the dirt was pushed over here, blah blah blah, blah you know all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, why it wasn't perfectly even and all that kind of you know. I, I, I really think that like the way they hype that. I remember when they hyped it up, and, and Glassman said. We're going to have an event that no one has trained for. It's going to test your your functional fitness, and no, there is there is no one that has done this. And I, I remember trying to come up with, all right, what is this competition? What is this event going to look like? You you have to, I don't know, push a car up a hill, or you have to, you know, dis, disassemble you know disassemble something and build it up. Something. It was like it forced you to really think out of the box. I loved how simple that it was. It obviously had a lot of fine tuning that needed to be done, and I think that this is one of the things that we see in the early in the early programming of the games, where you have these types of events like this, where in theory it's great, and mm-hmm. I, even the idea that like I you know and I went back and I watched some of the old footage, and I I saw Dave being very Dave Castro being very uh, absolute about we brought in the tractor that dug up the ground. <laughs> And we re we re poured new dirt into that and mm-hmm. packed it, so it's completely even across all areas of where this thing is. And it's like, dude, no ground works like that, man. So you can <laughs> you, know, you hear like all the battles that you have, like if you watch you know the fittest and they talk about the the sled run on the on the grass and it's mm-hmm. different and some some things are different and you know the and even when they did the the sled run at the at the Carson at the soccer field, same deal. And here we are, 2009. Yeah. People forget. I think that's the the best part about what we're doing right now is that, you know, not only are we trying to kind of educate in terms of how the programming has evolved, but just the history behind it. And like a lot of the problems that we have, and I'm not going to say problems that we have, but maybe problems other people have in terms of controversy. This shit's been happening since 2007, man. Like, (laughs) nothing has changed. (laughs) No, no, but here's the thing. People have a problem when it comes to equipment because it's easier to blame equipment issues. Mm -hmm. Isn't that fair? Totally. 
Because Annie running up the hill, well, what was her the part of her hill better? Or was it not as was her like mm-hmm. no, she was more fit. Her legs could do it. Right. She yeah. didn't, but nobody said about that. But when it comes to equipment, well, then it must be the ground, it must be their hammer, it must be the yeah. whatever. It's so much easier to find because it can't be that easy for that person. Hey, can, can I just there say were, there were, sorry there were specialist variables in there, definitely. I mean, you you can see the people that knew how to swing a hammer. But that's okay. You, no, there's nothing wrong I mean, with it's, that it's there and no, that's what i wanted to say is if like you're a good runner please learn how to runner, swing a sledgehammer like people crossfitters learn how to swing a damn sledgehammer it's been yeah, but that's like you it's you the most to, it's like the, it's the new swimming right thank god you guys got good at swimming because i was clawing my eyes out watching you guys do that since 2011 <laughs> but learn how to swing a sledgehammer they've been doing it since do 2009 anymore, we don't swing. We don't swing sledgehammers on tires anymore. That you know what, but like Man, that goes back that to training. that goes that goes back to those old things where it was like very very functional, and that's what this was. Mm-hmm. With, with all the issues that were with it, it still had the element of what of what the programmer was trying to do was we want to get we want to throw something in there that is if you're fit, it's, it's sport related, work related or sport related, life related and career related. Right. And this is career related. It's, it's, it's life related. You know, it'd be the same thing as jumping over a wall. Like how often are you going to do that? But if you have to, because of your career or someone steals your Mm -hmm. purse or whatever, you're going to chase them. So they, I love that they threw it in there. Conceptually. Yes, there were little issues with it. Totally. But I think that whenever you, whenever you try something like that for the first time, trying to understand all the pieces, like trying to find the loopholes are tough because it hasn't been done yet. Yeah. I mean, it was just done right here. <laughs> yeah. And there, there wasn't anyone, ha- who else was drilling spikes into the ground? Nobody. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. No, yeah. I do like the event. I like the concept, the the concept. The, I mean, obviously it, the execution didn't go flawlessly and, you know, take that for what it was, but I, I did really like seeing that event. And time frame wise, Tommy Hackenbrook takes it on the men's side at 436 on the women's side for the sledge row is was it Tamara Holmes? Sarah Dunsmore. No, Sarah Dunsmore again. So here you Sarah go. Dunsmore. Sarah Dunsmore wins the 7K and then wins the row sledge. And you know, part of that could be, I mean, if you could navigate the the sledgehammer. It, you know, it's funny is that, you know, we, we think we're saying sledgehammer. So everyone's thinking like big swings. That's actually not how you did it that year. It, it was, it was almost like chiseling marble, right? So people held it really high on the head and just like tink, tink, tink all the way down. And uh, did that evolve? So Tanya, did that evolve from heat one to the, to the later heats? Well, so I forgot it was Sarah Dunsmore, but like Sarah, Tamara Holmes, there were some people that knew how to do it. They were firefighters. And so they oh, knew what there you go, Bill. If you knew what you were doing, it was so obvious. And for any of us that didn't know, and we tried to do what they did, you quickly bailed on that because as soon as you missed the stage, like, <laughs> I'm going to go back to date big big. <laughs> I'd probably be that guy. It's like, I'm going to swing this shit out of it. Totally missed. You wanted, and like, you want to know... 
<laughs> there were a lot of people that did that. I mean, you got to go back and watch that video. There were so many people that were swinging for the fences. So where where can they watch that? Close to that. Where can they watch uh, that? If you go back, if you just if you just uh, Google, you know, CrossFit Games 2009, all that stuff will come up. Okay. And it's funny because there's one of those pieces on there. It has Pat Barber, who I tell you what, from if you look at the old, if you look at the OG competitors, that guy was always. He was a gamer from way back in the days. So you always oh, yeah. saw him gaming certain events and he gamed this one. And this is, they got it on film by him saying, okay, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the sledgehammer and I'm going to hit the ground first so that I bury a little hole in the ground. And then I will put the stake in that so that I have an area, like a purchase point that I'm wow. going to start. And they, they, the guy the, who was doing the video asked him, he's like, did they say you could do that? And he's like, I, I don't know. They didn't say I couldn't. <laughs> and that's what you do. It's like, here are the rules. So I'm going to play. I'm going to play as long as I'm playing within those rules. You didn't say I couldn't. So I don't know. That's, if a, that's a Pat Barber that. special right there. A hundred percent. That's what that guy does. But I mean, you know, I, I didn't see the video of what he did in there. But, you know, if I look down mm -hmm. on the list here, um, I'm going to say that it didn't necessarily play to his uh, favor. Uh, it did not play to his favor because he ended up 53rd in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, jokes on Pat. Oh, that's funny. All right, so let's let's look at the uh, event four real quick, just based off the numbers. Uh, I would say this would be considered weightlifting just because it's a weighted object type movement. Um, it's not gymnastics or monostructural. The row is it's super light, it's very quick. Sub five minutes is your times. Um. The the one thing I'm starting to see is like, okay, we went super long, super short, blast furnace type event prior to this. And then we hit that four to five minute range. So we have yet to touch a similar um, time modality, which is, is great. The one thing I'm starting to see pattern wise is posterior chain, right? Oh God. Trail run. That's glutes, hamstrings, and calves, deadlift, hamstrings, glutes, low back trail run sprint take the, your 7k ball it up into one minute of hell right so that's kind of near the same thing and now you have row posterior chain type monostructural movement sledgehammer still the same thing it's kind of an upper body drive but it's lower body dominant right so that's the one thing i'm starting to see rear its head a little bit and just from the analytical side is that we're, we're touching massive different modalities. The hopper model looks beautiful so far. We're, we're getting all those 10 general physical skills. But in terms of movement patterns, I see a lot of posterior. Yeah. Tanya, how did, how did yeah. it feel after four events? Oh, my word. You've nailed it. Yeah. So, like, it was always, like, my games legs of 2009. Games like, legs. Like, games legs. I get Josh and I laugh because we started, like, oh, yeah, like, games legs. It's what we say, like when you think about it because you had no legs like you're always like how am i gonna how am i gonna do anything on my legs um yeah it was it was yeah we were a mess at that point yeah, for sure. <laughs> well good because it's been four events in one day and surprise you guys have one more event a five day event or a five event day when in the past two games, there was three in two days in 2007 four in two days in 2008 and we've done four in the first day of competition and Dave springs on you guys, what they affectionately call the couplet. And that is three rounds, 
30 wall ball shots, 20 for the men, 14 for the women. Tanya, did you guys go to 10 feet or nine feet? Uh, we went 10 feet with the guys. 10 feet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause that, it's that strip on the, uh, strip, on the side yeah. of the barn. Yes. And then 30, they say squat snatches at 75 and 45. Now, if I remember, was it the only rule since there were empty bars out there or, or small plates, it just had to go below the knee to start the rep. It didn't have to go to the floor. It was a disaster. Yeah. A Only disaster. below your knee. So it was horrible. <laughs> but you're essentially doing a hang. I mean, because you never you never get the release from it being on the ground. The below the knee is the worst position on a three-position snatch or clean. Yes. Horrible. So they were kind. It was supposed to be five rounds. So they made it three. Wait, was it three? Three rounds, yeah. So it was supposed to be five, though. And they knew how banged up we were. So they adjusted. There was this going on too. They adjusted things on the fly. They're like, all right, hey, listen, it was supposed to be this. (laughs) Okay. So they changed it to three and it was horrible. Like it was, that was, oh my word, that that was. People don't, people don't read it. Yeah. If they don't tell you what the event is, they can make it whatever they want. So that kind of, it kind of plays in their favor, which is kind of a nice thing. Well, it did because they didn't know. They they didn't know people were going to PR the deadlift. They didn't know how fit people were coming into here. And this was a big game. It's like 70 some of us on each side. Yeah. More they knew they were drawn from a bigger crowd. More people have been doing CrossFit. Let's see what they can do. So they were, and they, they were kind of open about that because you always knew. And that's what, that's when we look around and be like, what are they going to do now? Like, are they like, all right, maybe like, are they looking to see if we're going to like, if we're falling over, like before they change, but yeah, but three rounds was way plenty. And this was, this was a really painful, as much as that sprint, the sprint was the most painful. That was awful. This comes in a really close second. It, it was just to get through this. Cause the reps are the same. It's just, mm-hmm. you felt like you were in this event forever. It didn't end. So this- I remember, I remember trying this one at the fire station. Uh, the I was going to have to say that too. I didn't do it at the fire station, but this, so I had just kind of started CrossFit right around this time. I came in in 2008, but 2009 is really when I started coming, like really doing it. And this was the only, this was the first event I tried from the 2009 games. And this blew me up. And what it blew so up bad. was my low back. And my legs, because because like we said, is that that below the knee hang position is not a position of support, right? That's really a, it's like a transitional area. Like that is not a position you can kind of sit at with strength. It's not a mid shin position. It's not a mid thigh position. There's really nothing there. So, and when you well, think about think it, about it's like it's thirty to- squats on a wall ball, and it's thirty squats on a snatch times three after what I just said, right? Trail run, legs blowing up, max deadlift, legs, low back blowing up, trail run, sprint, legs, low back blowing up, row, I mean, I can't imagine doing this event after those first four. And I only did this by myself in the gym. It was awful. that you try, you're trying to save your legs because of all those wall ball shots and all those squat snatches. So what's your first pool going to look like? You're going to keep your legs totally straight and be bent the hell over <laughs> so that you don't have to squat again. So you are going to have bad form purely because you're trying to save your legs because you know you're going to be doing 90 of each of those. And that I did the same thing. I, I was like, 
oh, 30. And oh, that's oh, man, 75 pounds. Oh, man. And this was back in the day. And I'm like, oh, 75 pounds, no big deal. I remember being at the fire station thinking like, dude, I just got hit by a truck. And this is, <laughs> this is one of those things that I love that the games does is it, it sets it up so that you get lulled into these areas of, of, of death. I mean, it, there's so much pain, but you look at it like, I could totally do that. I know I can do that. And I'm in a race. It's the games. I, I you know, back like, oh, day, you 20 really pound wall ball, 75 pounds now, whatever. Yeah. No big deal, bro. I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden you get into that second round and you're like, Hey, wait a second. And, and that was us just wanna, doing it for fun. I don't want to play this game anymore. Kanye already <laughs> did four events. <laughs> I challenge you both to just to do like a 7K run and then do a little deadlift ladder. And then no. Yeah, you had me at deadlift ladder. I, I don't, I don't want to play. You had me at the run. You man. had built the run and me at the deadlift ladder. <laughs> no, we do, we'll do it as a team. We'll do it as a team. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. No. So, no, but for real, uh, that's what it was. But we weren't gaming. You weren't trying to save your legs. You literally were trying not to fall over. If you watch that mm. event, people, we, we just were peeking up uh, right before the call. It, yes, like people were dropping the bar. Like like the bars are flying because like, you couldn't hold on to it. And you're going to fall over because like squat fetching itself is just kind of like awkward when you're tired. Like, like we hadn't been doing it that much anyway. Like you power snatched back then. Like there wasn't a lot of squat snatch. So that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So yeah. When you're that tired and your arms are tired with the wall balls, like it was a lot of like uh, compound movements, like in mean, our arms, like we were just shot. And so you just were trying not to fall over and make a fool of yourself with the barbell. Mm-hmm. So you're like, this is light. Like there's cameras all around. Like, I don't want to just, I don't want to fall, but your legs, you don't even know if every squat you're going to be able to like stand back up. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. So many squats. Jeez. Um, so on the, uh, for who won that event, it was Jessica Lipa at 1118. And then this is, I, I wanted to make a point about this, not belabor it, but in event five, this was the first time a female athlete beat a male athlete in an event. And it was Carrie Kepler from my home yeah. state yeah. of, of Texas. She's at a CrossFit Central in Austin, Texas. And, you know, her brother, Jeremy, um, the previous year got third at the 2008 game. So yeah. Carrie Kepler with a time of 1101. And, and I think this is important because, you know, now it it's just rampant, but like, I think this is a really cool turn in terms of how athletes, especially the female athletes were starting to evolve and keep pace because when, when CrossFit first started, when I walked into a gym, it was just a bro sesh. And that's what it was. And, and female athletes were very rare um, to see in the gym um, keeping pace or, or even just taking part in it. Um, and so I thought this was really cool. And I wanted to make a point of it was that this was the first time a female athlete beat a male athlete in a CrossFit Games event, in event number five. Well. When you got to look at what Carrie did in those first handful of events, like third in the seven in the in the in the trail run, second in the sandbag sprint, third in the sled row, then wins a the couplet. But what didn't she have yet? She didn't have the strength part. That's why she was forty second in the deadlift. Mm-hmm. But still had all like if you look at all of the other things that she did really well in, like that girl could grind. <laughs> There's a that is a work horse yes all of those different and we look at long short all the different things that she still just crushed that crushed it 
the fact that we knew her, she was like, she was one of the names you're watching for because yeah, her and Jeremy, there were videos out about them and yeah. so many videos about different people, but they were the ones you were afraid of. Cause you're like, Whoa, they're legit. Like and she was, and she really mm-hmm. did have, she had the capacity to do all those things, but yeah, but her whole was the strength. And that was where if you could make up anything on her, it would be in those areas. But she really, but she trained next to Jeremy. Like there's a lot of benefit when you're a female training next to the men. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always got to do with Josh and my two other co-owners at the time. And it was like, that was a huge benefit to any of the women. If you had other guys to train with, just because their strengths were usually greater than yours. And it, it just forced you to keep up or you fall way too far behind. Just, just knowing how to push. Mm-hmm. Just having a different level around you. That's that's that was cool. So I wanted to make that point and, and kind of celebrate that a little bit for event number five. Um, and so that concludes day one. And just kind of a, a look back is that we went really long. We went heavy. We did short blast furnace event. We had a four to five minute time frame couplet. And then this one was is plus 10. So two weightlifting movements. It was the uh, 11 to 12 minute range. The fastest times were at that 11 minute mark. Medium reps, 50 to 200. It was what, 180 total. Mm -hmm. And it was a couplet task priority. And then we've got some more bar movements in there. Um, So I think day one was fantastic. And, And even if you just said this was the CrossFit Games for 2009, right? Three events, four events, five events. I would actually be totally content with this being a much more complete test after coming off of 2008, just after day number one. Compared to 2008, yes, but I still think that it is missing some of the holes that CrossFit, if if we were looking at the overall test, we've barely done any gymnastics. We haven't done any gymnastic-y type stuff. We haven't done any of those types of movements yet. So we've done a lot of running, we've done a lot of like barbell work, Mm -hmm. Um, heavy, light, whatever. Uh, It's, it's a it's a much more broad spectrum as far as time domain for sure, uh, but I think that if you look at the you know some of the if you if you remember the old dot uh, com what is CrossFit on there it's weightlifting gymnastics blah 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 and we are missing that component that hasn't shown up so yeah. is yeah. it better than two thousand eight yeah I'll give you that part but it's still it still has some big holes that needs to be filled all right so we move into day number two. And they kick it off with a one rep max snatch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which and, is so awesome! You gotta watch the video, people. Please go back and watch so the video. So this it'll is make where you feel so good. CrossFit. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much you're lifting; it'll make you feel great. Like but here, here's two like, things well, to make I you feel good. Big lifter for real. So. Jeff Leonard wins at two forty. Second place is two twenty five, and at that time, that might as well have been three hundred fifteen pounds. Totally. Yeah. On the women's totally. side, it is. Let's see. Tamara Holmes. Tamara, yeah, Tamara. Holmes. Tamara Holmes, one forty-five. Tanya Wagner gets second place at one thirty-five. What up, soccer player? But then I mean, ten, Olympic lifter. This is tenth up? place is one fifteen. Unreal. Yeah. So I think this is where we started getting our rap for like CrossFitters are dangerous (laughs) or terrible Olympic lifters lost their minds after this event. So we're not going to belabor it too much. Um, I think my, my question is, is that, you know, it's another single modality. It's another weightlifting. It's not bad because we still have two more to go. Tony, were you guys briefed what the first event for day number two was going to be the night before? 
or did they tell you that morning of? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so they, uh, they may, they may have told us. No, they didn't tell. I don't think they did. They told us we we're going to do. I think they said the GHD. They may have, they led on to something that they were mm. going to do GHD before, because um, they had it out there for us. So they just teased some things, but we didn't know exactly what it was going to be. But can I just make one more point about day one? How they wrapped up, just to kind of bring. Oh some yes, please. Trauma to how the cuts were, because that was cuts. Oh yes, oh, yeah, that's right. Well, the cuts. So day one, it wraps up, and literally the last female heat, we're done on the floor and it's like 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 i said they're putting lights up to have let us see dave lines us all up men and women in our order from where you're, you're always were ranked you're always you always knew where you were okay so you're in your order and we're sitting there on the floor and he didn't tell us he's like you know at this point there's going to be cuts and he builds the drama of all of it but you didn't know where the cuts were going to be and then he finally says like whatever it was 15 wait you didn't know what the cuts were going to be no no you, you <laughs> You didn't know. So they just or, went. They, um, Dave just like put his hand. What, he's like, happen today. everyone over what? to the left. F off. Good job. Hey, yeah, that, that, that's what I'm trying to remember. Would he line us up that way first, so, or if he first told us? Wait, so we we actually have that for you, Tanya. We got that from Chad. Chad hooked that hooked that up for us. Our oh. our statisticians man. Statisticians man. Chad Schroeder. So there were four cuts total. The first cut was after event number two. They cut down to 64 and 62. Oh, sorry. Wait, after the, after the deadlift they cut? Yeah. I mean, that's And then they, they cut after the fourth event. Um, the second cut was after the fourth event. That was to 55 and 52. And then they cut, uh, third cut was after event number five. So that was at the end of the first day. They cut down to 16. Okay, sorry. So that was the dramatic one then. That, 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 was, that was huge. One? That's a lot. So they of cut people. to 16 for the last day? Yeah. Oh. So that's a big deal. It's a big deal because this is why, like, my people are like, when I always say it matters what order the games events are. And people are like, no, like, Dave, his whole thing is you should win the CrossFit games no matter what. Like, it mm-hmm. shouldn't depend what the order is. And I'm like, yeah, but when there's cuts, there's it matters. For me, it mattered. If I would have had the muscle up for the last event first, it would have been a whole different ballgame. If some people wouldn't have had that run first, they would have had it last. It would have been a whole different ballgame. I see. Because of all the number of cuts. Did they bring that up? Or, no. I guess, that, well, they didn't know what the other events were going to be. Even known no, that. They didn't, no, none of that was said okay. then. I just always was like, listen, that was my year. It was lucky the way it all came to be, the way it all was. Yeah, I was fit that year, but like it could have been all different if they would have changed the order of all of that, depending on... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's true though. But anytime you draw a line, you're always gonna it's it's always gonna screw the people that are on the other side of the line. It doesn't matter where you draw the line. And so I think it's hard to say that if if you change the order of events, that all of a sudden you're gonna have a completely different batch. And if you do, if you if you I mean, okay, maybe you you'll have someone that ends up in the top ten, like this, you know, the past year that that, that went down that should have been in the top ten, but Again, the goal is to get the best person to the top, not to get a nice podium finish. Mm. No, sure. Yeah. And that's where my whole thing was. I just, I feel like there is a, like it does matter back then, especially because there were so many yeah. weaknesses. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All the glaring weaknesses where if it was, we're missing gymnastics on day one. Well, yeah. Well, shoot, we're people, still missing it. Six events in. Right. <clears throat> and, we're, and that's what I'm saying. So those people didn't get to shine yet. So we had, they had them different. And that, that was talked that way after this. Yeah. The fact of like, well, I didn't get to show what I could do in my crossfitting. That makes sense. You know, well, so, we can circle but, back. We can circle back that at, at the end. Cause 
just kind of see how it unfolds. We, so we got two more events to go. So Wondermax Snatch, heavy event again. So that's two heavy events. Single modality again. That's the third, uh, fourth one we've had. I count the sprint, yeah. trail run, deadlift, snatch. So that's four single modality events. Um, heavy, short, um, and then moving on. Highly technical. So the snatch is one of those things like you can be strong, but if you don't have the technique, you can't showcase just pure strength. Right. If you right. if you don't have the coordination, the flexibility, so that's where I think the the snatch is such a good test of um, functional strength is is maybe one way to kind of put it instead of like absolute strength because it does bring in so many different of those ten general physical skills into the the pure strength component. So that was to kick off day number two, event number six, and we move into event number three. And, and Tanya, I wanted to ask you this, is that we have our very first AMRAP, and it was eight minutes of four handstand push-ups, eight kettlebell swings at 70 and 53, and 12 GHD sit-ups. Now, I, were the handstand push-ups on parallettes? On um, parallettes. So the first time you introduced handstand push-ups. Not anywhere oh. on fixed width. Parallel. Yeah. This Ooh. is a big, this was a huge debate. Uh, you want to talk about another big drama? People are, <laughs> people are still bitching about that. They are because they were so wide. They had to make them wide enough for men. But of course, some men, it wasn't really wide. Enough oh, they were men. too wide. But for us women, we were like, holy crap, your arms are way out here. Mm. So like by the time you come down, like it, it wasn't, um, it, it wasn't great for shoulder position. Like okay. it, was, it wasn't great at all. And then we're like kind of deficit because you're going down, you're on parallettes and you're going down these plates or mats or whatever was there underneath. It's really, that was way different than any of us with normal handstand pushups that we were doing. Yeah. And I, I think the fact that they threw that, they threw it in there like that on parallettes. I mean, your hand position is, I mean, we, you do parallettes now and it feels, if you don't do handstand pushups on parallettes currently, like we're talking 2020 and then you have your normal hand position deficit or not and then you all of a sudden have to go to parallettes it's a completely different position of your hands you feel like you're using completely different muscles to you know to get kicked up over over overhead and like that that was an i think i think that that was a a very a very aggressive jump into yes. that so like we we talked about, we talked about how there were gymnastics that were missing oh Bam, let me kick you right in the throat on this one. And here's your gymnastics. Take that one, you know, to try this one on for size. And it's, I mean, that is, you watch those guys, you watch the video of the guys doing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the girls, uh, I mean, they, that was rough for the, well, for the ladies. Well, you sure. can you see that. So they, they, had, they had a very hard time with that. On, on the men's side, Pat Burke wins with 172 total reps. On the women's side... This will be a familiar name for you historians. Kristen Clever wins on the women's side. Now, now check this out. And this is to both of your points that you're making. Chris Clever, 153 reps. Charity Vale, 148. So just five reps behind her. Jolie Gentry, third at 103. So that's 45 below or 50 below first and second. And then you have 86 
52, and then 50. And then you get to 12th, two. <laughs> two. And, and think of one, one full round. One full round is 24 reps. Right. They, they did two of the four handstand push-ups. Handstand push-ups. And, and we just said in the last two years, specifically for the women's side, for high-skill gymnastics, that it was not something that they had developed in their training yet to progress as much on the men's side, but even throwing a parallels on the men's side is super aggressive. Like you said, Bill. So I think this was one, this was one I would like to see again, maybe now, but I think in 2009, it was let's I'll get outside just the numbers and sense thing. It's like, I think that was, it was, well, I'm not going to say it was too much, but like they didn't come back to this for a little while. Yeah, but hold on. We it was also a heavy. That, it was a heavy kettlebell. That was that a was heavy kettlebell. Heavy, yeah, they, they went up on the weight like this. This whole game's kind of Dave always did whatever your training was. He kind of like just kicked it up a notch. So mm-hmm. GHD sit-ups. Nobody had GHDs back then. It was our first. <laughs> he literally he told us the night before because they knew they're like how many do you have GHDs? It's like crickets. One person over here, maybe one over there. So we all had to go and test our like get measured and know how to actually move the seat, mm-hmm. how to actually position ourselves. Oof. That was one thing we were used to just ab mat sit-ups. That's what we did back in 2009. That was our sit-up. Yeah. Cannabell swing. You were swinging a 35 and a 53 if you're or 52 if you're a guy. That's mm-hmm. what it was. They jacked it up. Guys were 70, girls were 52, whatever. All right, that's what we did. And then handstand push-ups, we were we swimming on the floor, making parallel. So this one I feel like was the kick it up a notch. Like, man, everything we're doing, he's throwing something else at us. Like we weren't ready for this games because he was he was ahead of us. It was Dave's first like, oh, this isn't 2007 and 2008 anymore. This is a whole other thing. They're actually allowed to do whatever the heck they want and make us do it. And we'll just see what we can do. And again, you didn't know what the events were. So I can, I, my, I can imagine how low my jaw would drop if they're like, we're going to do handstand push. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, and they're on parallettes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, we were doing that. Yes, we all were. But like the adrenaline then of the games, we actually didn't know how fit we were though, because we none of us had done the games enough and you hadn't competed in CrossFit enough mm-hmm. to realize how fit we really were. So people really did surprise themselves because when the adrenaline kicked in, you're like, we were training, we were doing enough to actually let us do that, which did impressive. When you do see that we didn't nobody had done parallel. Any, have you? No, have you? No. Yes. None of us could we, and then you could go do it. And we still see that in the games. People mm-hmm. are like, Ever done this? Yeah. No, but what you do in your training does prepare you for the yes. So it was a yeah. really cool, like you you had these moments that you're like, man, ah, this is great. Like I had I never would have thought I could do it. I'm busted up. I didn't think I could do it. I still could. Like <laughs> what I'm doing is in the in the, the fact the fact that it it's something like that is set up in front of you. And I mean, and you're right, Dave has always done that where you think you think you are you think you are going to be ready with the stuff that you've done and you you walk in and it's always a little heavier always a little longer always a little more technical and you're like oh man uh, well <laughs> all see. right line them up let's see <laughs> what happens i mean i hope i can hold on mm-hmm. you know we'll just kind of go from there um and what's and i like that for the games um i think you know as you as you get further down the road with some of the other years of that that that's a lot of that is what turned into the, if I want to be a competitive CrossFitter, 
I need to do just this crazy stuff yeah. normally. And uh, it's not, uh, you know, again, I think that this is great to throw in there because it's, it's a stopper. If you have it, great. But otherwise, it's one of those ones where you're going to be kind of standing there at the wall a little bit waiting to see if you can get that next gymnastic movement. Um, but, it, you know, it's not an it's only eight minutes where you would think sprint. Right. But if you don't have the movement, it's <laughs> not a sprint. It's, it's, it's going to be a two rep max, you know. And I was going to say that I thought that this event was just too hard for its time. And I'm like, I'm going to pull that back because it's not, it's, it's a, it's a test. It's a, it's a challenge to the athletes. I think, you know, we hearken back to, I think it was 2015 when the pegboard was first brought out and people just, you know, couldn't do it. Right. We just had game like suit, like crazy fit people just standing there looking up and there was a lot of um backlash to that and today's point he's like look i'm just trying to test these guys and raise the bar and so every year there was always an event that seemed maybe ahead of its time but it was in there to raise the bar but yeah, and, I, and i like what tanya said yeah was then that then that messes up your test you know yeah, you have to right. push the envelope with these guys and it's it's weird because that's the fine line that dave has to walk when he's programming this stuff is how do i push the limit without it making looking like a like a circus show mm-hmm. and that that that's a tough line to walk because especially nowadays i mean the, the things that these athletes can do i, I mean there's Basically, nothing you can throw at these guys that they can't do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even with this event, like I, I'm glad you retracted the fact that you think it's too hard because, I mean, if 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 they had 505 or if they would they have in the when they redid the two six the 2016 was a 565 I think is what it was. Yeah, uh, they bumped it up significantly. Um, but like that to me, I'm not gonna. I can't do that weight. So does that mean that that's not an appropriate test? No, no it's, it's, it's still an appropriate test because you're going to have people that can. So you still have to be able to push the people that can, whether there are people that can't do it or not like that. You don't you you set the bar towards the top, not towards the bottom. Just to have a race. I like it. All right. So event seven, we have one more event to go. Um, <clears throat> time frame, eight minutes. That was fixed. That was the first time we've had that. We had, uh, I would say, the, the the swing weight, though it was heavier than we've ever done, is is a moderate weight. You know, it's it's not the big dog, the the eighty eights and the hundred pluses there, uh, but it was heavy, eight minutes. So we haven't hit that five to ten minute window in terms of what the top uh, men and women were doing. Medium rep range, fifty to two hundred. We got our first triplet, first time um, priority workout or event. Excuse me. Finally, two gymnastics, considering the GHD and the handstand push-up. So it's actually the first two gymnastics movements we've gotten, and it's event number seven. So that one kind of, that's a little flag out there for me when I'm I'm looking at this. And then you have the kettlebell swing as the the weighted movement. So we move from event seven to the final event of the 2009 CrossFit Games, affectionately called the chipper as it is at least listed on the game site who knows what they called it then what i called it when i did it back in 2009 was the hardest crossfit workout i have ever done in my entire life <laughs> like and so what this chipper is and i'm going to point out one thing i'm going <laughs> to 15 cleans at 155 and 100 and tanya was it any way up um uh, power clean yeah 
it was anyway. Yeah. Okay. So 15. So there's the pattern here. It's 15 cleans power, 155 and 100, 30 toes to bar, 30 box jumps at 24 and 20. Then they moved into 15 ring muscle ups, 30 dumbbell push press at 40 and 25. Think about those weights for a second. 40 and 25. And then 30 double unders. I'll circle back to that. 15 <laughs> thrusters at 135 and 95. Yuck. 30 pull-ups, 30 burpees, and then a 300-foot overhead walking lunge with a 45-pound and 25-pound plate. When I did this workout, this was like this was the hardest CrossFit event that I had ever done coming up to this point. But the 15-30-30 is kind of the, the, the idea, and there's a weightlifting, gymnastics, and monostructural component in every little triplet section. So cleans, toes to bar, box jumps, That's your. they got three different ones, muscle-ups, dumbbells, double-unders, and then the overhead walking lunge. 30 double-unders is the stupidest <laughs> part of that entire event. <laughs> Tanya, like, please tell me that everyone sat there and be like, what the F Listen, is this? Was, or were they like, thank God I have a break? Was that it was the- a breather? <laughs> it was a breather and it was live. You just took okay. it that point. A 15 second breather. 15 seconds <laughs> worth of work. I just hey, did. Sweet, I got 15 seconds. I can nail that part. I nice. just did muscle ups and push presses. And now I get to do 30 double unders. Whoop de doo. I think the point though of that one, it was 2009. If you didn't have double unders, he wanted to show it and he wanted yeah, you fair. to have a stop. They, ha- they hadn't put it in yet. So that was the first no. time they had it in, in, comp- in would, at least live like, competition. That would be like triple unders right now. If they, were right. Throw something if like they that, ever programmed that, that I'm done. Let, let me just throw that out <laughs> I there. I can do one at a time. If, you, if, if you put in triple unders, that is the most gimmicky BS movement which they'll probably put in now. It. No, I can do I can do 20 triple unders in a row. Okay, then why is it gimmicky? Because it is gimmicky. It's, it's like backflips. It's a it's a step up from double no, unders. No. Yeah, I don't like them. Nah, I no, they're like stupid. Them. Anyway, back to the back, back to what we were talking about. That was a that was a hard left. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Chase, dang it. He's in the weeds again. We'll we'll pull him out, everybody. We'll pull him out. Get him, we'll get him back. I'm in all here. flustered because of these stupid double unders. All right, so this would this is a monster. What a great final event. Oh, so you, you got your power cleans, you, toes to bar 30. That's a big chunk. It was the first time toes to bar. So yes, okay. was the elbows. This is the first time they introduced another new movement or another Oh really? Yeah. Oh. So he announces that we're going to do this and we, it's easier to judge a toe to bar than use the elbow. Then he didn't have to deal with, all right, is it need a tricep? That was always the discussion on the boards. It's need an elbow, not used to triceps. And people were like complaining about range of motion for people back at .com. So toes to bar was an easy way to fix it, but none of us had done them. It was like, well, that's a little toastier on the abs. You weren't quite ready for that. Which is the same thing as like when they made that jump on the pull-ups for Fran in 2008 when it just regular yeah. pull-ups up to chest bar. It yeah. doesn't seem like much. I mean, and if you think about it, if, if you, unless you have like the, the straight leg toes to bar, if you go knees to elbow and you just kick your legs, you're making it to the bar. So, I mean, you are doing that. And I, I like the fact that, 
you know, it's, it, I think it's always important to be able to have a, a, a movement that's easy to judge because then you don't have the question. That's why you rarely see kettlebells in any kind of competition anymore overhead because they've tried that one time. And I oh, think there was almost man. about 762 fights between athletes and judges across the world, you know, during that, during that regional time. So I think I like, I think what I like about this one is there's so many pieces and it's just long and grindy. And I did this one too, like back in the day. And I, I mean, I, I honestly don't remember what my time was, but I remember liking it because it was just cool to go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. So when I see a, a, a chipper like this, I just think this is a class. This is a classic to me. It's a next to a couplet. Oh yeah. This is a classic thing. You know, I just, I love seeing stuff like this and muscle ups. Right. I, I just I just watched the video of Tanya. Here's here's a video of like little baby Tanya up there. I just got my muscle up six months ago, and now I had to do ten of them, and I I didn't know if I was going to be able to get them, and I I got just one the other day, and I <laughs> here she is, you know. <laughs> All right, it wasn't that. But it was kind of that. It was that was a little slower, but they, yeah, so a little slower than that. So, yeah. <laughs> no, they changed her number though. They did change her number to ten, the females, which was helpful. Okay. They did do the old, can we do this, honey? <laughs> well, yeah. And the way, and if, again, what I liked how they did that was, so the first time they started messing with the height was Chase's year. And we'll get to that, you know, when we start talking about the 2010 game. Yes. This year, everyone, like the rings were down. So you could set, everyone was setting up their hands in that false grip setup. No one knew the big old kip thing you were supposed to do. I, it was just, you did it old school, nasty girl style which was a low set of rings and you did strict muscle up. So it was the first time, I mean, really that there were strict muscle ups without anyone even know, knowing that they were doing strict muscle ups. It was crazy. It was a pull and that. Well, you'll yourself over the rings and then just, yeah. And I think you said that you had Jolie Gentry was helping you try to figure out how to get through that. Yeah. Just at, in, the, in the beginning, uh, before we're going out, cause there's a ton of us that are like, yeah, we don't, we just don't have that many. Like we didn't like getting your muscle up was a great thing, but it's not like you had them that you were doing them in workouts all the time. And it was still like, when you do them like that strict, like you do a couple for like, and then you're like shot for a week. <laughs> like, yeah. <awesome. laughs> so it was like that bottom line of how much to play around with them. And you never would think to see them in the game. So it wasn't something like, Right, we were, we were working pull-ups. So she just said about diving through. The dive through is the biggest thing. Dive through. Just dive through. The simple cues like that. But I, I love the way it's set up. I mean, the, the final of 2008 was the 30 cleans at 105 this, in, the, in the 100. And here we are. Well, it was squat clean thrusters, obviously. But we have that same basic Take weight same starting weight. off with yeah. half of that, you know. Mm -hmm. And we jump right. We use basically that in, in you know, move, move further and add on to that. And I just, I mean... Uh, it's an unreal finish and the way the, you know, from seeing the videos and everything, how that looked for, as a spectator, it looked awesome. Well, I mean, it was a full blown race. <laughs> so cool. How that felt as a competitor. That's that was amazing. Like that's the, gives you chills. Like thinking about just finishing up with the lunges and your overhead, like, and seeing people go past your lane. They're like, Oh crap. They're there. You knew exactly where everybody was against you. Like it was, that was awesome. And the crowd's right there in front of your face. It's like you had barbells, you had dumbbells, you're on the pull-up bar, you had rings, you're in yeah. you had burpees. I mean, yeah, you had man, they had everything. everything. Such a cool final. Yes, it was. It was awesome. Uh, this might be one of my favorite finals. 
event wise. Well, it definitely. Well, whatever holes. Well, this is what's kind of funny is you know we've led up to this point. <laughs> Did, I'm about sure they what sat there and were left. like, "Hey, what have we not well, done yet?" We just yet? plugged all the holes up right there. <laughs> what do we need? Gymnastics? Boom, we got that. You want some more barbell? Boom, we'll throw that in there. How about some burpees? Boom, we'll go ahead and plug that hole too. Let's just do thirty to just check yeah. it off the list. Totally. <laughs> it'll fit. The, it'll fit the rep scheme. It'll look good on paper. <laughs> but what a, what a great final event and. Um, in, for the, so for the final Miko Salo takes the final at 1946. The next closest time was Jason Kalipa almost two minutes behind him. So Salo crushed that final event. And on the women's side for the chipper charity veil, 1824. So she beats Salo by a minute and a half. Almost. Yeah. Woo. She's a gymnast. Her muscle ups were unbelievable. She just ripped right through them. Man, well, Chris Clever gets if, third. Carrie Ke- or second. Carrie Kepler gets third. You know, if you talk about, you know, we always say that with the the female gymnasts, like they don't do the rings. It's amazing. I mean, they granted they they have that body awareness already. They already have the pulling power. They have the upper body strength that every other female athlete doesn't have. I mean, they, they, there's no need to have that kind of pulling power. And they just, you're right, they crush that. But it's funny because they don't do rings, but yet they can get on the rings and just hammer They, they had the lap strike, and there's not a lot of other women's sports back then. There weren't yeah. so many. Unless you were a swimmer or a gymnast, you didn't have lats. Like, yeah, weren't something that many of us athletes had. It was like legs if you're on the field and you're a runner, you know, or unless you were, like I said, swimmer or a gymnast. <sighs> Crazy. Man. Crazy. All right, so after eight events, on the men's side, so how they scored this this year. So in in the first year, they had that tiered system, a weird tiered system. So they gave points per place finishing. They started with 100, 95, and then 90. So they dropped by five. And then only single points after that, starting in fourth place down. In the year after, it was total time collective added together and this was the first time where they gave you a point based off your finishing place and that's how it was scored miko salo wins the crossfit games in 2009 with 78 points jason kalipa gets second just no, over no, no. Th- hold on hold oh hold sorry on. i have that wrong tommy, i'm sorry, tommy, sorry. Hackenbrook, tommy, yeah. tommy hackenbrook sorry Tommy Hackenbrook, five, just five behind him. Tommy Hackenbrook gets second. Mo Kelsey gets third at 91. What I wanted to talk about on Jason's side, so he got 106. Yep. Jason, listen to these finishing places. First, first, second. Where did he go? Who are we talking about? Jason Kalipa. Jace Kalipa. Okay, hold on. Go back. Go back. Go back. Oh, no, I am. I will. I'll get there, Bill. Thank you. Oh, you're going. Oh, you're going from the final backwards. Jason gets. So they did total score, right? Miko Saylor wins at 78. Right. Jason Kalipa's best finishing places: first, first, oh, okay. second, 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 three seconds, two firsts, two 13 place finishes. But the son of a gun gets a 72nd place finish on the very first event of the CrossFit Games. 
Yep. Salo had 78 total. He got 72 to start the games. Still gets fifth, but gets two seconds, or sorry, two first and three second place finishes. Think of what that would have looked like if he had just worked on running a little bit. Well, and I think I think he was he had some cramping and stuff like that that was going on with the heat. Was it was it hot then, Tanya? Yeah, was it? it? It was. Well, it was it was the it was a lot. I mean, it was just the hills were so much that he did. He like he collapsed. He, he did collapsed at the yeah. finish line, brothers, didn't he? He did. Well, it, it was halfway through it. He did, and then you didn't know if he was going. Like, if he was okay, a couple people like withdrew from that run, just from the trail run. Wow. Their legs, and so he. Um, but yeah, he did. He felt he was falling all over the place. He, he had a it was, he had a lot of trouble. They didn't know if he was going to be able to finish that. Yeah, and, and if you look, I mean, if you were to say, okay, I mean, he was he was last basically, minus the other two people that didn't finish it. But if he would have been take thirty points off, if he would have been 40, 42nd place, which yeah. is still not even. I mean, that's not even really in the running in there, and that right there would have put him ahead of Miko. True, and he would have been the champ. But it yeah, shows but you how rounded you needed to be. You can't have a glaring weakness like that. Exactly. You could have. Like the thing about him was everybody was so impressed because like here we're like he won the year before and he comes back and then first event you're like, Oh my word, the champ, like he's, is he going to be all right? Mm-hmm. Then he comes yeah. back and he's taken first and second. And he was just like, like how is charging he back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, it was super impressive. Like he was like looking at it on numbers, like it's a little different, but knowing what he went through in that first event, seeing that you're like, how the heck is this guy going to do anything? Well, yeah. I'm going to look at the numbers for the women's side. Tanya Wagner wins the 2009 CrossFit Games at 54 points. Second place, Charity Vale, 72. Carrie Kepler ties for third, but wins the tiebreaker at 75 with Kristen Clever. So second through fourth, super close. Yet, Tanya, for the second year in a row, you dominate at the CrossFit Games. Look at this. You had one finish outside the top 10. One. And that was the trail yeah. run where you got 11th. How dare you? What a year. Yeah, <laughs> you kicked everyone's <laughs> ass again. So good. And then you're like, I never want to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. I was over at Fleet Lunging and I'm like, I will never, I never have to do this again. That's so funny. <laughs> Some people love it. Some people, it, it, it was amazing. I love my time out there. I am a competitor. I love to compete with stuff, but I, that messed me up in my head. I, that <laughs> fun. Like 2008 was so much fun. You just go do a couple of CrossFit events. 2009 was horrible. Like it was just kind of took the life out of me a little bit there, but um, well, I won. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, you, I mean, and you did like dominant form, dominant fashion all the way through, but it's crazy because like that is your, and this is no, this is no offense to the, to the champs of 2007, 2008, but this is the start of what the games is supposed to look like where the athletes come out of the games and they're like, dude, what the hell just hit me? It wasn't like, oh yeah, but we're, we're doing some workouts. It'll be fun that's that's what it is like you had to become an entirely different crossfit athlete to even be in this realm not 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 even about the competing part but to be able to handle the stuff that was coming your way to be able to handle one the volume two the weights three the uh the the skills and have the skills and then be able to do that 
event after event after event after event after event after event. And that, I mean, this was the start of some like just insane stuff. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. you had no idea what that was going to feel like. At least, at least the athletes now going into it, they're like, okay, this is going to be bad. I know it's going to be bad. Um, and they're kind of ready for it. But man, you guys weren't prepared for that. Well, it, it, you're right. Like the mental part, that's the biggest thing that like knowing this people's livelihoods, it's their profession. It's what they're getting into. Like it's a whole different mindset than what we were then. So yeah. the mental game you have in order to be able to perform like that and mentally be able to stay in it and want to keep doing that. You have to mentally train that same way. Like it has to be a different thing than just the fun of 2008. I'm like, all right, we're showing up, we're having fun, having a barbecue. This is cool. <laughs> it's like an affiliate. Like, that's kind of what we're, you're coming off of. And then you're like, okay, well, this is a little different. This is, I don't know if I want to sign up for this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but a lot of people did. And that was the excitement. And it, it is really cool. It, it, it's, it's awesome because that is where it went to that. There were so many people like, this is great. I want that. I want to be able to do that. And it, it led to, obviously, every year we've seen it. We've seen the, how things have evolved with, all the games and and there's always those couple after a couple of years it changes and shifts again and that's the awesome evolution of our sport let, let me ask you this real fast so, me and chase were always talking about like okay did this did the whatever the goal of this competition the way that it was programmed out what did that get accomplished or whatever but as an athlete what did did you see the 2008 games and or and on both or or either one did you ever see it as fittest or did you see it as just a competition that i'm trying to win like when you came off that were you like okay i'm i am the fittest or did you or did you come off like i just won the event just like in 2008 when you were second where you're like oh well if it was this way maybe i would have been the fittest or i mean did you see it like that at all or is it just a race you're just trying to win no, it was so different then. Like there was no money. It was there was money. It was like five thousand dollars. Like it was like like the mindset was you're going there to play. You're going there to have fun, and you, it was just fun, CrossFit fun. And you just want to do the best you could and win. You just wanted to win the events, and just it wasn't. No, I didn't think of myself as the fittest on earth. Like we laughed, we're like, oh, the fittest female in the world. Like we joked about that. Like I couldn't even say that out loud for like months. It was like funniest <laughs> thing, but like. Well, some people call me the fittest in the world, but like, I don't really know what that means. But like, literally it took to like, Stefan came and like did a little interview at our house months later that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I, I won the cross again. Like I can say that now. I, I did a thing. What the hell happened to me this weekend? Like, <laughs> mentally, everybody just wanted to go home and eat. You're just hungry. So, um, but no, it was, yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like it is now. Back then it was, it was like, yeah, you, you mm. feel like you were the fittest on earth. But I saw my weaknesses. I saw everything that I was terrible at. I stood and looked at the rings. I couldn't, like the handstand pushups. You found your hole, so you didn't really feel like you're like this. <laughs> like, did, did you feel like the two events were the same, the 2008-2009? No. no, they were completely different. They were 100% different. They were, yeah. I didn't set up for 2009. I liked the 2008. Yeah. I was like, that's great. <laughs> All I wanted to do was I was 10 seconds behind and I was coming back and I want to do one I want to train the whole year thinking about each person that beat me and thinking about what their strengths were and if I was next to them again. And I got to go do that, but I got to do a whole lot more than that in 2009. Shoot. Yeah. You guys got your money's worth there. <clears throat> Not yeah. at eight events in, in two days. Um, so, you know, what we do at the end of this is that we look back at all the events and we want to determine if there were any um, holes that they could have plugged, if that was uh, 
a balanced test, a bias test, uh, or just over and overall a, a good test to, to claim that they did test the fittest on earth. So th- th- through this whole thing, I've been working on this uh, programming analysis worksheet and just seeing, you know, what different modalities that they've been um, playing around in. So we look on the modalities and the loads. They had three, <clears throat> they had one event that had um, two gymnastics. So they had five total gymnastic movements, eight total weightlifting ones, and then four monostructural. In terms of the loading, you know, they had light, medium, and heavy. So I feel like they had good balance throughout that. So, so far, so good. Um, balance throughout the time domains, they did a really good job here. They, I don't think they retreaded a single time domain throughout the entire eight, eight events. I'm looking at it, not one really doubled up on the other. They, they were all completely different. Rep schemes were, were fairly balanced. Um, the ones that had reps, you had three low, two moderate, and then one high, which was that final chipper. Um, time tasks, it's, that's irrelevant. And I think the only thing I would have liked to have seen more of is more balance of gymnastics maybe throughout the events. Not every workout needs to have one lifting, one monostructural, and one g- gymnastics. That does not need to be the case. But they didn't test gymnastics until the last two events. So I think, especially when you have an, and this is where cuts come into play. And Tanya was talking about this earlier is that if you're going to make cuts, the test has to be balanced with all type of modalities and movements early, or else you are skewing the test. I, and I agree with that. If you're, if you're trying to, if you're cutting only on running, and you have people that aren't quite the the level of runners in, then all you're testing is the fittest of the runners. So you have to make sure that your tests in in your in your pre cuts are r- well rounded enough to be able to get that. You know what I mean? I, I think that that's a huge point. And you're right. I would have liked the same. I would have liked to have seen some of those gymnastic movements put in that first day i mean the the first day was all about posterior chains and legs and if you were a bad runner then you weren't getting out of the first day i probably not even getting out the first couple events you know so i think that that's a that's a a a big a, a big point to make i do like the fact that they were able to hit everything um, but again, I mean, I they hit they, all their bases eventually. Oh no, they did. I, I think, and it, and it was that was a um a, a, a early a a young version of that, making sure that they get it all in. And it, it, I guess to kind of to a point, you could see that that second day looks like they were trying to check all the boxes. Um, I mean, I like what the events are, but it looks like they're almost saying like, okay, what holes do we have here? Let's let's hurry up and get those in on that last day so we can make sure we hit everything. Um, I, you know, you could rearrange those things a little bit, and I, but I think overall the programming is pretty dang good. You know what you could have done if they would have just even taken the sledgehammer row event and flip flop that one with the handstand push up. That would have oh, been yeah. a whole different ball game. Oh. Then you would have gotten that gymnastic. Yep. And that row hand um, sledgehammer wasn't that big of an outlier for too many people. Mm-hmm. I don't right. You really could have moved that to the second day, and that would have shifted that whole balancing. And that would, that really would have blended that a lot because then I think over all those pieces, all those running things that you had to deal with in the, in the heavy deadlift and all that, then all of a sudden there would be in that mix 
wow, we're having to do, you know, parallel handstand pushups. And that, I think that would have been a big yeah, I like topic that. of discussion early mm-hmm. in the, you know, on that first day, rather than now it just kind of gets lost, it gets lost in the shuffle. And that was a big event. Like that, that event hurt a lot of people, the handstand pushup on that eight minute AMRAP, but that hurt a lot of people on the men and the women's side. But yes. it gets overlooked because it's just kind of buried in that second. Uh, yeah. And so this is where I have a problem with cuts in terms of movement on the leaderboard. And, and that's spot on by both you guys is that if you put that handstand pushup event in a wider base of athletes, there's going to be yep. so much more variance across the board. So I, I think I would, I, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but that's the whole point of this is that, you know, when you, when you switch those two, so say you did that, you switch the handstand push up with the row one. I think testing something out of the realm of classic CrossFit or inside the box training should be saved for after you've tested the field appropriately, and then throw something weird at them to see if people can yeah. do it. Not got to get your fittest people into that. Isolate that twenty people or however many it was that only did the triplet. How many people? Sixteen. Yeah, is, is that right? 16. Yeah. So they say, 16 say you were, you were day. in first place. The worst you could do if you couldn't do a single one was get 16th place where, you know, you yeah. have Jason Kalipa who S is the bed in the first event and gets penalized with 72. But had that been on day number two, he would have got 16th and then he would have won the CrossFit games by 40 points. Totally. So that that's yeah, where so I, I have a lot of issues and you know I don't want to belabor the cut thing but like that's where you got to be careful on how you score certain things um when you put the cuts in because the cuts have a massive impact on the leaderboard especially when you use a certain scoring system especially when you use place per finishing ones um Yeah, absolutely. That, that makes I, a massive and impact. I, and I I am in favor like we've had this discussion I like the you get 1 point for first place. And you get a hundred points for a hundred, like every, like it's all equal the same. I don't like the ones where you get five points for winning, you know, and if you're like in 10th, you you get two more points than the next person. I don't, I don't like doing that Mm -hmm. because even if we were, if you were to do that in this game, if we took like uh, your 2019, um, the 75 plus uh, scoring and you Mm -hmm. kind of play with that, Jason Kalipa would, uh, Miko still would have won. Tommy still would have been second. Uh, No, I take that back. uh, Jason Kalipa would have gone from fifth place to third place just based on those different, uh, because of the, the, which is funny because the last time we did that, that hurt him. He had the second, that hurt him in 2008. Um, on the women's side, same sort of thing we see. So Tanya, I mean, obviously she's way out in front, so no one's going to touch her at all, but Carrie Kepler would have been second and Kristen clever would have been third. So she would have been on the podium and on that first year. So again, it's, and I, and I think this is this is early in the CrossFit Games program and how they're how they're putting that all together to try to determine what scoring system do you use? How do you put the program appropriately? Mm-hmm. Are you going to use cuts? Because actually, I mean, if you look at the amount of cuts over the CrossFit Games versus the non-cuts, I mean, I think there's a one cut. I think it's they've been cut one games more than not cut yeah. up to the 2019 okay. Games. So, I mean, that's an interesting thing to throw in that that variable is always going to be there, but you're right. You have to get your right people. But that shouldn't be a variable, you know, programming. But they have yet to settle on one. Um, The one thing you, I know you like a lot too, Bill, is just average finishing place. Yeah. So take the points out of it. Miko Salo wins 
still with that at 9.75. Um, the, the order actually doesn't change because how they scored it. So tallying up place finishing and average finish place yields the same kind of um, numerical that's, slide. That's why I like it so right? much. <laughs> um, Tony, your average finishing place was 6.75. <laughs> Next closest was nine. That's how much you've dominated everybody in 2009. And, you know, we said in 2008, Tony, you had a, you had the best average finishing place on the women's side. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't want to tell you that. Yeah. Like she made, I, unless you already knew that, I you know, know that. <laughs> yeah. hey, we're not taking Gosh. it. We're not taking away from yeah. anybody from that year, but we're just, we're just showing you is that, you know, you can put the perfect programming in place. You can fill every hole, check every box, and if you use a cut system and a scoring system, and this really isn't the point of the podcast, but like the one variable that doesn't need to be a variable is how you score the event, right? And so that is one thing, you know, we'll, we're going to touch on at the end and not to take away from what happens. But what we're trying to say is that you have this magnificent test out in front of you and you could screw it up just by the way you put points on the board. And, and that one thing that worries me. So when we just look at the programming, this, like we said before, and we've come to this point in Revelation, I was like, this year was the year that really launched what we know the CrossFit Games to be at this oh, yeah. point. They did oh, yeah. eight tests. They, they hit everything across the board. Order was an issue. Um, not a massive issue, but it, the way that they had cuts in play, it was a big deal or, or was made a big deal. But in terms of balance in total, when you look at the numbers, it was pretty well balanced. We would have liked to see a bit more gymnastics sprinkled in throughout the weekend. Um, and I would say maybe less single modality events. Um, half of the events were single modality events. I'm not sure how that would affect anything, but I would like to just see more broad scales, like two max lifts, two, one hill run, and then one sprint. Um, and, and that's just a personal preference. And when I, when I look at programming myself, um, I don't like to do too much isolated stuff. I, I like to spread it out. But again, that, that final event in 2009 was at the time, the, the hardest thing I'd ever done. Um, physically and, and, and one of the cooler events to just kind of see people um, tackle at the games um, and, for, and for I a think final. I, I, would, I would agree with you on some of those points. I mean, I, I, I think that as far as just the programming part, and I'm not talking about the order, I'm not talking about the um, the scoring part. I think overall, I think it's pretty dang good. I mean, I like the fact that there's a sprint with some weight on there. I think that mm -hmm. even though you could you consider that a a, a single modality type of a movement, I, I still think that it's okay. But I will say this, and this is my when I'm looking at events, I think that um, as much to the programming of the events is part of that programming is the order. And part of the programming to that is the scoring because that is going to affect just like an event is going to affect the outcome. The scoring is going to affect the outcome as well. So I, we, you can't just discount what the, what the scoring part is, even though as an athlete, you don't have any control of that. That's one of those things that the athlete doesn't have any control over, but the programmer does. And, uh, you know, I think as far for what we're doing, I think it is our job to look at the scoring because like that's part of it. 
And, you know, again, if you win the competition, you're the competition winner, no matter what the rules are, no matter what the setup is, if you want it, you want it. And and no one's going to ever take that away from you. And that's not to say that if we put this other score in on there that you, you know, you shouldn't have won it or anything like that. But I I think that, um, I think that overall, like, you know, we said 2007 was like right down to the letter, how, how, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it hit all the boxes because there were three of them basically. And this was the jump. Um, you're right. This is the this is the start of the modern day CrossFit Games right here. And you know, cuts throw. I don't care about cuts, points, order events. You know, the fittest should still dominate. What happens below them might be different. We saw that this past year with Matt and Tia, um, yep. Tanya. You did it. You kicked ass for the second year in a row. So, you know, I just want to, you know, I, uh, people need to n- hear it once more is like, what an incredible performance that you had, um, you know, kind of, kind of give us your final thoughts on the 09 games coming off the 08 games and, and what you saw, how that kind of changed the future of the sport. Yeah, it was a whole different ball game. It was a whole different event that something that none of us were ready for. And I think um, something that we knew was going to be just the starts of something so much greater. We had no idea what it was going to be. And we all just said, like, in 10 years from now, we can't wait to look and look back and know we were part of this. We can't wait to know, like, that it's going to be so much more. And we know because you just had this feeling of, like, wow, like, this is a whole something just we never even expected. And from the mental side of it, from every unknown element that they could pull out of you, like, well, what, what? could do this what else can we do what else can they give us what else can they test and so um there was just so many open the door to so many more things possible and um yeah it was really cool to be a part of it was so much fun and um it's even greater for where things have come in the crossfit games to look back and like wow we didn't even know like you had that inkling that it was going to be something so great but like i feel just so lucky and blessed to be a part of it back then and to still be in it and be like oh that's like there's a lot of history. You saw a lot of faces there. And like, it really was like, it was real. What we were doing there was real. You didn't know it at the time, but like it's grown so much. And um, I'm just so happy that the women that have had a chance to grow in this sport and the like young women and girls that can look at it, like want to do this now. Like we just were doing this fun. It was a fun thing. We just had gotten into, but like now this is what people, they, they aspire to be able to do this and make it to their games. It's, it's their Olympics now. And that's a really cool thing. So cool. All right, guys. Hey, thumbs up, thumb down. I'm going to give the 2009 CrossFit Games a big fat thumbs up on the programming side. Bill? Oh, hell yeah. Thumbs up. I got thumbs up on that for sure. For sure. And Tanya? The champ, the champ come on, champ. thought that it sucked. Come on, I, champ. It was the worst ever. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I want to thank Tanya Wagner, the 2009 CrossFit Games champion, joining us. Bill Grundler, thank you again. You sounded so sweet today on that new setup. Thank you guys for listening. Episode three is done. We'll see you guys on episode number four.